This is Women Rising. It's my new podcast and it's a pleasure to have Molly McKelvey um, on the other end of a video link, although I'm not seeing her right now because it's better without the without the video. Hi to Molly. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sam. Thank you for having me. No, it's lovely to have you. Um, I'm very excited by your job, Molly, which is why I thought you'd be interesting. And I'm sure other people would be interested in what you're doing. You work for The Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. I'm the women's sport reporter um, for The Telegraph at the moment. Yeah. What an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I I have to pinch myself a bit sometimes because uh, it's it's definitely my dream job. It was always my dream job. So yeah, very fortunate to be in this position. So what I wanted to ask, I've got a few questions for you. Uh, when what did you study? Did you actually study journalism? So uh, for my undergrad, um, undergraduate degree, I did English literature, so no. <laughs> um, but then I went on to do um, an internship um, in journalism, which was actually through the, the, the government scheme in Washington, um, where, yes, yeah, so I spent about four months doing an internship there. And I'd always wanted to do journalism. So after doing that, I then did a master's in um, in journalism at City University in London. Oh, wow. So you've been in London. Well, after after that, you went to London. And is that where you are yeah. now? Yes. Yes, that's where I am now. I've been here since I did my master's. Um, so that's, I think, when did I do my master's? It, I think I started my master's in 2017. So uh, September okay, so 2017. Yeah. So a few years. And what was your first yeah. job, Molly, when you started? Uh, my first job, it was actually interning at the Telegraph. I was, I, when I was at doing my uh, master's, I applied for their graduate scheme um, at the Telegraph and I actually didn't get it. But through doing the, the interview process, I met the, the sports editor and then was fortunate enough to um, get through to the interview process again for a, a three-month internship Um which I did, and I just haven't left since. I was, uh, yeah, kind of weird. I was only ever meant to be there for three months, but then uh, an opportunity came up while I was there um, to apply for a more permanent role, and and that's what I did, and and I got it. So yeah, so amazing. Uh, quite a different a different route. A lot of people so you, go yes. different ways into it, but yeah, yeah. And um, you were there during the pandemic and all the rest of it. Did that affect your job at all? Yeah, massively, because uh, there was no sport. <laughs> For a few months, there was no sport. Um, and then when it did start again, there were no crowds. So, Gosh, um, what, did you, what did you do? What did you What did you do for those months? I mean, were you working from home it, and just yeah. build, building up on things? or? Yeah, I was working from home, and it was mostly news reporting, really. Um, it's kind of seeing when, when things would be back on, when leagues would start again, and... Um, the, when the Olympics and the Paralympics were cancelled, uh, reporting on that, and also um, also just interviewing a lot of the athletes who were stuck at home like everyone else, and I guess in very similar situations to everyone else, but they're very different people to us because they used to be so active, so it was quite interesting to talk to them about kind of how they adapted their training to 
to being at home. Um, yeah, that was well, a weird time. <laughs> that's quite fun. So you managed to speak to like famous people who, who I suppose, because I've, I've met a few famous people, not many, but you kind of feel like you know them, uh, even though you don't, well, because you see them on TV or wherever, <laughs> or you read about them, no? and, and then when you get to speak to them and they're like near you, it's really weird because you really feel like you know them. Obviously, they don't have a clue who you are, but you're trying to interview. Yeah. I mean, I remember once I interviewed Oli Murs on the phone and it was like I'd spoken to him all my life. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> so does that happen to you? Yeah. What's it like when you when you know you're going to interview someone like really well known? Do you get yeah, like, really it's, nervous? It's weird. It's weird. Um, I don't really I, you get nervous for sure. you like if. Um, it's a big interview you, you you have those kind of butterflies but it is weird because you do feel like you know them and obviously when you're going to interview someone you also have to like basically stalk them on social media read everything that they've ever said <laughs> so you, you have to yes, act normal you when you're talking to them but yes, really yet. I know everything about you oh, that's so funny um, and yes yeah, yet you so, know who they're married to and who their children are and what they did yesterday mm, and all that how yeah. funny yeah, so but it's still, how, it's it's how, it's cool, yeah. Yeah. How come you got into sports journalism, Molly? Is that you always did sports, is that right? Well, yeah, growing up when I did sports like yeah, a normal level like everyone at school and playing basketball outside of school, but yeah, I was always interested in in watching sport. I was a bit obsessed, I guess, growing up. Um I would watch anything. I'd watch golf, I'd watch darts, I'd watch football, obviously tennis, uh, my yeah. main sport really that I liked growing up. Um and I think influenced by my parents who are quite into sport. Um so I was gonna say, yeah. especially your your dad. I mean your mom's very sporty, but your dad especially he's he's left Lincoln now, but yeah, my dad um obviously managed Lincoln locally. Um, Lincoln Redden. So, uh, yeah, football was a big part of our setup. But as much as he was always at the football at home, like sport was always on television for us. So, for, I, I mean, I, I don't think it had the same effect for everyone in our house, but for me, it did, where I was obsessed and wanted to watch it all the time, really. So, um, yeah, luckily enough, I was always encouraged to get into sport, but it's not really an industry. Um, known for having a lot of women in it, not not on the newspaper side of things, anyway. Um, yeah, so so a lot of uh, your it's, it's quite a different. A lot of the people that you work with or against in other newspapers, I suppose, are men. Are they? And um, a lot of the time, so uh, because I work in women's sports specifically, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, and there are more women in it, but. But yeah, like predominantly, traditionally, um, newspaper, sports uh, departments at newspapers have always been very male-dominated. So um, there are more and more every day. But um, yes, it is still, it's still quite shocking, I guess. Um, I think when I speak to quite kind of friends about their jobs and and um, they ask me about what I've been doing at the weekend and if I've been at the football at also. Yeah, you can often find you're the, the only woman in the room. It's, um, That's it's amazing. Quite, um, yeah, a different experience. Um, but yeah. I've got some Doesn't great it, female colleagues as well. Doesn't it empower you? Don't you feel like quite powerful that you're there as a woman representing, you know, with all these, you know, in, 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 with all the men around? Do you feel, um, I don't know, that, that slightly kind of proud of yourself? Well, you should be proud of yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think it's it's a it's a empowering feeling to to know that you've kind of earned earned your position in in an industry which it wasn't traditionally kind of for you, I guess. But um, but for sure, that's because of a lot of the women who came before me. Like uh, I, I, I have mentors in in the industry, like uh, my my current boss Anna Kessel, for example. She's she was like a pioneering uh, female journalist, and there's been a lot of those who have made it much easier for someone like me. Where now it, it's it's rare now that I walk into a room where I'm the only woman. It still happens, but it, it is yeah. more rare than it was for them, I guess. But yeah, no, it's for sure. Uh, uh, a good feeling to 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 be in those rooms and to be in the rooms that you yeah. were, like growing up I always wanted to be in like in press conferences that mm. I always dreamed of sitting in and being a part of so yeah oh, very, wanted, it's very cool I'm so excited to hear I, I'm going to ask you but I want to know what is a typical day like in in the Telegraph in your job what exactly do you do um, it's truly that because a, a typical day doesn't really exist. Um, and anyone I guess who works in the media knows it's, it's kind of like it can change day to day. But I guess a lot of the time I work from home um, and it will depend whether I've got like an event to cover or if, it, if I'm doing interviews. So if, for example, I'm doing interviews or preparing like a, a feature, I'll be making calls, trying to interview uh, trying to set up interviews with certain people, I'll be um, I'll be writing, I'll be transcribing a lot of a lot of um, interview content. I'll uh, be working with my um, colleagues and my editors on what we need for the day. Um, whereas then there's other days where, for example, I might be going to a press conference and I'll be traveling there, or I'll be covering a match and I'll be traveling to that game. And when you cover a match um, for a newspaper, at least it's uh, kind of an instant thing so you watch the match and as you watch it you write about it and you file we call it on the whistle so you file your story as soon as so if it's a football match as soon as the 90 minutes are up you email that to your editors and then it goes up online and in the paper the next day so it, it's quite varied the job but um, yeah I get to work with lots of interesting people for sure and I'm always meeting and, and chatting away it's a lot of talking this job's a lot of talking to people behind the scenes <laughs> But that's fun. If you like talking, um, I mean that's great fun. And and okay, I, now yeah. I've been I've been look reading, looking. Well, I've been stalking you a little bit on Instagram, not not very much, <laughs> but just a bit, just to see what you've been up to. I mean, Wimbledon is the big one that stands out, and your pictures, you know, right there with Onsja Burn in the background, or with um, Elena Rybakina. Rybakina. Um, how was that, yeah. Molly? I mean, you were right in the thick of Wimbledon. How amazing! Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, so it, it's not the first time I've done Wimbledon, but it's the first time I've done, like, before two weeks. Um, so being there every day, for me, genuinely, like, Wimbledon is my, like, dream sporting event. Like, growing up, it was the thing that I was most absorbed in every year and that I looked forward to every year. And that doesn't change when you cover it. For me, I'm still as, like, kind of, wow, I can't believe I'm here. You walk into the grounds and it's gorgeous and pristine and there's the flowers everywhere it's everything you see on tv i guess and like if you've been as a fan like it is like a, a really like it's not it's not a lie to say it's kind of as a sports fan it is like a magical place really you're walking around in, in awe of everything and 
yeah, the journalists, it's, it's, it's amazing because like you say, you really are in the thick of it. You get um, access to all of the courts. Um, so yeah, stepping out onto centre court and even in the days leading up to it, actually you're there on site when there's no one else on site except for the players. So yeah, I was lucky enough to be on court watching watching kind of, um, yeah, watching Andy Murray, watching Novak Djokovic do Gosh. their practice training so sessions. Cool. Uh, did you get to, yeah, did you get to yeah. meet any of them? Did you, did you interview them? Well, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the press conference rooms, um, with them. So yeah, I'm in the, in the kind of all the press audience, I guess. And yeah, I will, uh, you are, I'm there to ask questions. So for sure, I'm asking the questions. I, would, I wouldn't say I cancelled the meeting with all of them because I'm sure they wouldn't remember me, but I've definitely asked a lot of questions and spent the week, kind of the two weeks just kind of, um, yeah, trying to keep across everything. There were lots of different storylines and it's, it's really exciting to be there in the room and see these athletes kind of reactions, um, straight away to like if they win. It's it's a great thing, but also being in the room after someone's just lost and trying to ask them questions about that and see how much they'll share about how they're feeling. It's yeah, it's a privileged position to be in because there's a lot of interesting stories and characters in tennis in particular at the moment yeah, to, yeah. to be following. Really, really interesting. I followed Ons Jabeur. I really wanted her to win because I thought she was a, a fantastic role model, especially for her country and just just generally. And um, mm. she was very humble. I, I, I thought she, she was great, a great ambassador yeah, for the I, sport I, as well. And I would have loved yeah. her to win. But um, it, what a match that was, the final yeah, it was brilliant. And I agree on Zubel. She's, she's an incredible character alongside being a great player. Like, uh, I got to interview her actually before Wimbledon. And yeah, she's fantastic. And she's everything you want her to be in person as well as um, in the yes. way that she comes across. Um, but yeah, that match was great. It was, it was, it was really great. And a lot of just surprises from in Rebecca winning. She was obviously not the she was the underdog really, but they played. She was uh, an amazing match. An amazing match. It was just it was yeah. it was meant to be because you could see. I mean, she was just uh, Rebecca was just amazing as well. I mean, she did deserve it too. So tell totally, me something, totally. Molly. Yeah. Before before, st before starting this career, is there anything that you mm. wish you'd known about it? that would change like anything you're doing right now or that's, that's help anything you wish. Uh, yeah. I think, did I you, think I wish, you... um, I wish I would have known maybe, um, just that it was attainable. I think when I was, uh, growing up, I didn't really think it was kind of a space or well, one, it, it didn't seem like a space for a lot of women to be involved in. On TV, you see a lot of women in journalism, in sport, a lot more now than before, like presenting and as pundits. But in the newspaper industry, that didn't really, um, it, it wasn't always the case. And for me, I think maybe I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And especially when you come from somewhere like Gibraltar, where we have so many people who kind of punch above their weight and um, go on and achieve amazing things. But I didn't always think that that was... Um, something that was easily achieved at all and it, it hasn't come easy but I think in my head I, I saw it as almost impossible um, and uh, luckily enough obviously through like yeah through, through having all the support that we get through um, our academics um, in Gibraltar having the opportunity to do the the 
the the masters I did and also the the internship I did that kind of opened my eyes to it being more of a possibility. And then when you get in the room, you realize, oh, actually, I can do this, and I do I, I do have a place here. No, and you, you, that imposter syndrome. Yeah. It still exists, but it goes away a bit more as you're as you're in it, and you realise that oh, actually, I I know a lot more, I know a lot about this, and I should back myself, I guess. So that's what I would say, I guess, to anyone who's who would um, want to do that. Tell me something. The women's football, to- the women's football is on. What is it exactly? The tournament? Yeah, it's the Euros. It- so it's the European Championship. The Euros. Yeah, and it's happening here in in the UK. Yeah. So um, yeah, I it's great. It's I've only. Just got into it last week because, so a week late because of Wimbledon. But yeah, it's brilliant. Obviously, there's a massive heat wave here in London at the moment and in the UK. So it, it's, it's oh challenging, my gosh, I've I think. Seen for, it. Yeah. It's like 40 degrees, yeah. my cousin says. My cousin's in Brentford. He said it's a, he's gone to Cambridge for the day. He said it's 41. My it's gosh, crazy. what's that it's like crazy. in England? I mean, England's not really equipped. At least here in Jib, you can jump in the sea. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just feel bad for everyone who's having to play football in it because I can't even like exist in it. I'm like hiding in the shade all day. Um, but yeah, the football's been great. It's, it's brilliant. It's the equivalent of the, of the men's Euros that we had last, last year, um, which mostly yes. played out here in the UK as well. So, I mean, it's growing, I think. There's, I think we're going to the groups, st- we're going to the knockout stages from Wednesday to hopefully like the, the excitement around it might build a bit more because, um, yeah, at the minute it's still it's still at a stage where I don't know if it's cut through to everyone uh, in the way yes. obviously the men's tournament did. Yeah, no, it never does. But I think women's football is growing now. A lot more is being it's a, it's in the news a lot more than it used to be. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which and is who's going to win, Molly? What are the good teams oh. to look out for? Well, um, so England's playing Spain on on Wednesday. Oh, I which heard. Would be good. I heard. Uh, that's yes. Yeah, that would be that would be a good match. I think England are the favourites, but we all know how England do when they're the favourites. I know. <laughs> go to plan. So I mean, yeah. Germany. I think Germany and Sweden are also very good. I think Germany are the biggest challenge. That uh, if England get to the final, we never know what can happen. So Ooh. we'll see. I, I, I'm never. I'm never one to. I don't really bet on these things, but I wouldn't bet on anyone yet because it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a mixed bag. It's hard to predict. <laughs> Yeah. And tell me about your sports knowledge in general. I mean, I know that you grew up with it because of your dad and everything. Uh, but what, what, how much do you need to know and keep up with events? I mean, it must be quite hard. There must be hundreds of things going on. Yeah, no, it is. I think it is hard to keep up for sure. Like, uh, the, the thing I love about my job is that I'm not tied to just one sport. So I get to explore loads of different sports and report on loads of different sports all the time, um, which is like a privilege and I think gives a lot of variety, but it, just, it does mean that you have to keep up with everything all the time. And um, so, um, yeah, it's hard, but I, as someone who's a bit of a sports mad person, it, 
It doesn't always feel like a job because, okay, I'm going to watch the golf today. That doesn't feel like a chore to me. <laughs> so for me, I, I, you, no. you get on with it now. But, um, but it, yeah. Yeah, you do find yourself like last year. Last year I did the Paralympics in Tokyo, which was amazing. But a lot of the sport wow. I didn't know that much about. So it takes a lot of like research. It's kind of, I often say to people, it's, it's like sometimes you feel like you're having to become an expert in something in the space of 24 hours. And that's sometimes mm. the Funnest, the funnest part of the job just means you have to ask the right questions and, and be curious, I guess, um, which is, yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the key thing, I guess, in journalism, to keep curious. So you went to Tokyo for a couple of weeks last year? Mm. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, it was very weird because obviously lockdown was still, it wasn't yeah. in lockdown when I was there, but it was the, the rules were extremely... Uh, strict for for journalists in particular because obviously they were opening their doors to thousands of people from all over the world so we we had very strict kind of criteria you couldn't really go out to eat or anything like that so I have to go back to Tokyo because I haven't I haven't had the full experience but the sport was amazing for when I was there it was it was great owning your home is one of the biggest financial commitments you will ever make purchasing a property isn't easy You'll need a partner who will be with you every step of the way. Helping you when you need it most to simplify what can be a challenging process. Over the years, there will be times when you may want to make some home improvements. And at these times, you can rely on trusted Novus Bank being there, making your path to home ownership an easy, personal and out-of-the-ordinary experience. Trusted Novus Bank, the homeowner's bank. T and C's apply. We were talking about Japan and what a culture shock of a country it is. Um, when you, when you travel yeah. to these places, Molly, do you have like a team of people that go with you or, or do you just go on your own? No, um, it depends on the trip. I guess with, with, with Tokyo, for example, there were three reporters from my paper who went out. Um, so um, there was kind of a little team of us. But other trips, no, other trips you go completely alone because... Obviously, with newspaper journalists, unlike uh, like a broadcaster, for example, you'd go with like a cameraman, you'd go with a producer. Whereas, yeah, for me, I go by myself, and often that's why yeah, it's because quite, you're, um, you're not on yeah, so, you're not on TV, are you? Just kind no, of reporting no, no. for the Just paper. So, exactly. So yeah. the the good thing is there's always someone there reporting for another paper. So I've got a lot of colleagues who I count as friends who work for kind of competing uh, papers. Yes. Um, but but you often find you spend more time with them of because course. because there's only ever one of you from your paper at an event or, unless mm. it's really big. So yes, I've got lots of lots of uh, friends from or I ca- people I count as colleagues who actually work for a competing paper, which is quite weird for other people I think to get their head around. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it's often uh, travelers is is alone most of the time. Yeah, and what's the most challenging thing about your job? Oh. Uh, I guess I'd say it's, um, well, it's incredibly like kind of high pressure uh, in terms of um, its daily deadlines, not because we've got to fill the paper every day. So every day you've got a different deadline, um, which can sometimes feel quite high pressure, I guess. And um, it's something that you have to get used to that kind of lifestyle where you kind of, 
it's hard to switch off from because obviously you're you're waiting for the next deadline or waiting for the next uh, piece you need to write or the next event you need to cover mm. and that kind of relentless nature of it um yeah it can take a bit of adjusting so you need to have your own boundaries you know you'll you'll end up <laughs> you'll end up just consumed by it but um I think that's the challenging thing and and kind of keeping up with with that kind of time frame yeah. all the time but um but yeah there's lots of amazing things to it as well like um, in being in the privileged position to going to incredible events speaking to athletes that everyone kind of looks up to and and also but not just that I guess also uh, being able to um to tell different stories as well like with women's sport has never had the kind of platform that it has now and being a part of giving it that platform has been a real privilege but also holding holding organizations to account as well when they don't give that priority to women in sport has been something that I um yeah I've really I've really I enjoy is is the wrong word but I think it's really important yeah Yeah, it's really important because uh, for me uh, uh, sport is my is my passion but also kind of women's rights has been a huge passion of mine throughout my life so that for that having that side of it is something I really um yeah relish the opportunity to do because I I think everyone should be um putting more into women in sport generally so absolutely um tell me of all the people that you've spoken to, different sports, uh, who is the one that has remained with you that, that has been like the most interesting, the most fun, the one that gave you that real buzz? Which, which one of them? Um, I've had, uh, that's hard. I, I had a recent interview with um, Coco Goff, uh, the tennis player, the yes, American teenager. Her. She's yeah, very so cool. So she was... Yeah, she was very cool. I got to, so I, I messed up with her. I, I literally did a day trip to Berlin to meet her and spent about, I don't know, it was like 45 minutes with her, but sat down with her and I left thinking, oh my God, she's so impressive. I know she comes across as impressive, but like sitting with her one-on-one and asking her not not always easy questions, like difficult questions about about life and her experiences and she was incredibly impressive and I left it feeling wow like just yeah. in awe in in a lot of ways um yeah and then I I also had the I, another interview that stayed with me is I had the fortune I guess to to speak to um Andy Murray for an interview once um me Ooh. and uh, him and um a female footballer called Caroline Weir. She's a Scottish player um, who signed to his um, management company. But we got to chat, the three of us, and that was really fun because we spoke wow. mostly about women's sport and his his support of kind of women in the industry. And, yeah, hearing his thoughts on that was really, um, yeah, really great. And he's, he's, he's a very interesting person to talk to as well. Yeah, those two stand out. Very cool. What, what's next for you, Molly? What's your next adventure? So at the minute, I'm doing the Euros. Uh, then there's the Commonwealth yeah. Games. Uh, oh, the Commonwealth Games. We'll be sending up. Yeah, yeah. In Birmingham, no? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm covering that, um, which will be cool. And hopefully I'll get to see some Gibraltarians in action as well. Yes. Um, you will. Um, Do you miss yeah, Gibraltar? It's like... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like on a day like today, yeah. I'm thinking I just want to go for a dip in the Guardian just have <laughs> to cool off. 
but um yeah I miss it very much um luckily I get to go home quite a lot so um yeah but yeah. in the summertime in particular obviously any Gibraltarian will say that's when you miss the you miss the 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 jib lifestyle jib, all, mostly all the more. yeah for sure yeah, but for you've got sure. but you've got a good, you've got a good gig going on in london by the sounds of it i mean it sounds like you're having apart from your fab job that you're having a good time yeah for sure for sure i'm lucky i've got a lot of family on my dad's side that lives here in london so i've got that side of it and i've got all of my friends are based here my boyfriend's based here as well so i've, I've i'm very fortunate i've got a great uh a great network network around me and so it's 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 brilliant really, it's really great i do love brilliant. living here yeah yeah brilliant. I mean, it's, we're running out of time because we've only got a few minutes left on this silly zoom thing but i just want to ask <laughs> you one last question molly that i ask all my guests um who do you look up to and why um oh that's tough well uh <laughs> i guess I don't know. There's so many options, but the first I look up to the most are my parents, my mom and my dad, the the hardworking people and passionate people. And yeah, so I look up to them. My mom as a woman leading a team, and my dad juggling all the things that he juggles with his sport and his and his work life as well. Um, but yeah, I've always looked up to them. Brilliant. Oh, it's emotional. They're going to get emotional. Because when I told your mom I was doing it, she was like, I give you, give you. <laughs> she was very excited. <laughs> so she'll be very pleased to hear what you've got to say. And I can't thank you enough, Molly, for, for um, giving up a bit of time to chat to me about this. I'm sure loads of people are going to love it. Oh, not at all. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been great to talk and yeah, just chat to someone from home as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Mira, all the best, OK? You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon. She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch and please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform and comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.